0: Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is officially a confirmed creeper. That's thanks to Joe Biden's Department of Justice. Liz Joy jumps in to discuss. Whether it's the civil lawsuits or criminal cases, the Biden regime's fingerprints are on everything. We map out all of the allegations facing the former president tonight. The legacy media is dying, and tonight we're celebrating with Kane from Citizen Free Press. The warmongers are preparing to send your children to the Middle East to fight another one of their wars. We discuss the latest. All that and more on the Brianna Morello Show. Well, guys, it turns out Governor Andrew Cuomo is a certified creep now. The DOJ has just ruled that he did, in in fact, sexually harass 13 different women. And it's quite alarming considering, you know, this is the Biden administration's Department of Justice, meaning like he actually probably did this. Ultimately, we usually say that you're innocent until proven guilty, but given everything we know, it's very likely. And it's very rare when Democrats go after their own, which I always thought was quite interesting. Also to add that to to everything, it looks like they've actually settled. So it looks like the federal government has settled the state of New York with these allegations. And it's also interesting because New York Attorney General Tish James was actually beaten up quite some bit publicly about going after the former governor. We thought it was a political hit job, because if you recall, she actually ran for governor briefly uh, just after the allegations and her investigation concluded. So it did look politically motivated, but I mean, now that the Department of Justice is coming in and saying, oh man, you did sexually harass 13 different women it looks to be legitimate i want to bring in a friend of mine and somebody who you might be quite familiar with let's bring in former congressional candidate liz joy she's also a fighter in the state of new york for election integrity liz thanks for jumping on with me today regarding this story i thought it was quite interesting because you know you and i have spoken about these allegations facing the governor we thought they were quite strange at first we thought it was probably politically motivated but i've also I don't think it's politically motivated in the sense that these are fictional i think it's politically motivated like new york democrats even new york republicans that i've spoken with knew about these uh, alleged sexual harassment complaints prior to all of this coming out and they waited quite some time before going public with them so for me it appeared to be a political hit job because compared to the nursing home scandal it was a nice way to deflect from that because things were heating up in the state of New York. So Liz, what are you making of all of this now that the DOJ has ruled that he has, in fact, sexually harassed women?
1: Yes, and you're 100% correct. I mean, these allegations against the governor had been circling for years. You know, he was was the governor of New York for 10 years, and he had this reputation. Anybody that ever met him, anybody that ever was in any kind of room with him knew exactly, uh, you know, the way that he operated. And he was very much everything that these 13 women uh, came out and said. And, you know, one of them, which I think is really, well, all of them, but, um, you know, one of them is a New York state trooper. And she came out and and has filed a suit against him. And, you know, I just think it's absolutely, um, I'm glad it came out when it did. You are right in in the fact that it came out after the nursing home scandal. I basically think that the Democratic Party was looking at the fact that he was not going to make it because of the 15,000 people that died under his watch that he lied about it. If you remember, it came out in the news that uh, Melissa DeRosa had um, lied about the numbers of the people who had perished under Governor Cuomo's orders. And that's what brought all of this on. And so, and then these, you know, it was Lindsay Boylan, who was the first one to come out and accuse the governor on Twitter, if you remember that post that she put up. Um, And very brave woman, very courageous woman um, to come out and, and say what Governor Cuomo did. And then after that, it was the 12 other women that that came out and joined her and stated that they also had been victims of his uh, sexual harassment.
0: Yeah, Liz, you you mentioned Lindsay. Lindsay was one of the first accusers to come forward publicly. We actually have her tweet where she reacted to this report that just recently came out regarding the Department of Justice and their investigation. Uh, That is... Perfect. That This is the tweet right here. Liz, in this tweet, she stated, these things happen. These things happen to me and other women. And then a huge bureaucracy tried to bury us telling the truth. Ultimately, Liz, I mean, she was like spot on with all of this. I remember we should go back into this, right? So... Ultimately, like I, when I was running, I was considering running for office in New York State. I was pulled aside by a couple of people and they privately spoke to me about this matter and said that like Governor Cuomo is somebody who is kind of a sexual predator. They've all experienced issues with him. One person who was, um, it was just so alarming. One person who actually came up to me was telling me that while she was in a room with him one time that he was making comments about lesbians who were there as advocates for some issue and they were trying to have a meeting with him. And he said, he cracked a joke about how none of them being interested in him sexually. And it was just mm. comments like that that constantly were spoken about behind closed doors and they never really came to the table. So I was quite concerned when people were talking about it and that nobody wanted to come out and flat out say it. But also Liz, when I was working in New York, I will never forget this. Every year, if you're an employee working in the state of New York, you have to take these yeah. tedious uh sexual harassment courses and it's laughable only because he is the person who implemented it so he wanted everybody else in the state of new york to take courses about sexual harassment but he himself was guilty of it he was doing it to his own employees liz your reaction to
1: that well interesting because that was something that i was also thinking about and the person who came out in an interview uh charlotte bennett who was one of of cuomo's accusers and employed uh, there in the executive chamber, she was sitting there and actually heard Governor Cuomo direct another executive staffer to take the online uh, sexual harassment course for him. And she, gave, she actually spoke about it in an interview, saying that the governor didn't even take the test that is required of every single New York State employee. He didn't even do it. He directed someone else to take it for him. She was there in the executive chamber when it happened. And she spoke about it in the interview and said that, his, that the staffer even made a joke and said, I can't believe I'm taking this for you. And when she had finished the course for him, all he did was sign the certificate. So again, you know, we get back to all the things that we're seeing um, in New York State and really across the country with Democrats. And that is rules for thee, but not for me. And um, yeah. and so that's what we're seeing.
0: Yeah, like you said, Liz, they don't go by their own rules if they implement it on everyone else. And it was just such an obnoxious course to have to take because it's common sense, right? You don't crack sexually exposure explicit jokes when you're working in the workforce you don't make inappropriate contact with others and yet for some reason he told everyone else what they had to do but he didn't want to apply by those same rules and it's even funnier because in his defense he came out and said it was oh it's I'm Italian I like to hug I like to kiss like that's not an Italian thing to hug and kiss your colleagues or your or people that you don't know and strangers and feel up on them and stuff so let's stop pretending like that's that's a matter of being Italian because it's not it's not at all we all know that so it was quite strange, I must say. Uh, Liz, I want to get to something that you're working on now. Like I mentioned open in the, er- the opener, you are somebody who is well involved in the fight for election integrity, especially in the state of New York. You are holding an event with somebody who I know quite well, and we highly respect Seth Keschel. Uh, so you are having us events on February 27th. Let our audience know what it's all about and
1: where they could join you well thank you yes we are holding an event here in albany county in new york um, and i'll post the link again up on my twitter page today um, for people to register it is with seth and uh, we're going to be, he's going to be really speaking about election integrity, the problems that we have seen since 2020. He is one of the experts on election integrity going across the country. Uh, and he's coming here. We're holding the event to bring awareness uh, into New York. He's going to be talking a lot about New York, which I'm very excited about, as you know, because I ran for uh, Congress in 2020 and 2022. We know that there was uh, very various things that happened happened in in our race and uh, votes that should not have been validated that were. And so he's going to be talking about all of those things. He will have studied the counties that we ran in at that time. He has studied many of the New York counties. And he's going to be giving a presentation about it and bringing awareness to New Yorkers, which is key. And really what we need to be doing is pushing forward with paper ballots. And so that's one of our goals here as we try to overhaul uh, the election process to make it fair for everyone and provable and certifiable uh, for all New Yorkers. We all deserve it. And um, those are the things that he's going to be talking about
0: yeah yeah and for those of you who aren't familiar with seth 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 actually predicted the 2016 presidential election and exactly how President Trump would win it, and he was 100% accurate. And so that's why when you're talking about election fraud, when you're talking about all these election-related issues, Seth is the expert you want to speak on that front. So this is going to be a great event. Again, guys, head over to Liz's Twitter page. There's a link there where you can look into more of the information regarding tickets. I would highly recommend you go. Liz is a great person. I highly support her. I love her to pieces. And Seth is another great human being who is really in this fight for election integrity, he travels all around the country, telling so many Americans how we could push back and how we can make sure that our, our, our elections are you know legitimate at this point. And so this is very important. And I highly recommend everyone going over to Liz's Twitter page. It is on your screen right now. And give it a look. Liz Joy, thank you for joining us.
1: We greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we'd love to fill you in on that event after it happens as well and come back on and share with you all of the information. So thank you for covering it. Yes. Uh, I greatly yes. respect you as well. So can't wait to see you. Thank you, Liz.
0: And if you enjoyed that interview, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, you've got to give us a five-star review and make sure you leave us some feedback. And if you're looking to stay in touch, well, because we do get banned from a lot of different platforms, you've got to go over to my Substack and subscribe. It's free. So make sure you go over to briannamorello.com, enter your email into my Substack, and make sure you're on the list. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm getting ready to head out right now. Before I go, I always have to put on some deodorant and I used to look all the time for the best deodorant. I couldn't find it on the shelves at all until Our good friends over at Give A Derm came out with a brand new deodorant. This one's called Pits Me Off. It's incredible. Watch this, it's super easy. Ta-da, and that's all you need. And it dries super quick. Obviously, I'm wearing black. There's no white residue left over. It's a natural deodorant. It's made right here in the USA. There's none of those Chinese harmful chemicals also included in it. It's giveaderm.com, and then use the promo code Brianna for 10% off. You gotta try it. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. Under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott. I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team, 720-605-3900. Now you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's PhD.com slash Brianna. <laughs> There's a political hit job being led against the former president of the United States, and it has the current president and the members of his regime's fingerprints all over it. And I'm gonna map it all out for you guys so you understand how corrupt this new regime is. Ultimately, let's discuss what's going on. Now, many of you are well aware that the former president is facing both criminal and civil cases all around the country. Now, these didn't just randomly occur. These didn't just randomly pop up. The Biden administration looks to be pushing these things forward and we have some proof, right? We brought the receipts forward and we're here to break it all down for you right now. Now let's jump into the first thing. If you guys remember last week, President Trump was told by a jury that he has to pay $83 million to E. Jean Carroll. You might remember her, she's the woman who said that rape is considered sexy to some. And she's also posted a lot of delusional tweets and that's putting it nicely. Now, her attorney, the woman you see right there, allegedly, according to some reports, she actually has worked with the Biden family previously. Now, I reached out to this woman, right? This, her name is actually Roberta Kaplan. And I reached out to her. I emailed her directly. And I asked her, have you ever worked with a member of the Biden family? The reports online said this, suggested that she worked with Ashley Biden, which is Joe Biden's daughter. And she didn't get back to me. But it doesn't stop there. I want to show you this other article that popped up over the weekend. That attorney for E Jean Carroll. Well, she also has ties with the judge in that civil suit. Apparently, if you take a look at this. It says that the two have actually worked together back in the early 90s. Yes. So apparently this judge was actually this attorney's mentor. Hmm. Sounds pretty strange. Now, again, I asked her all about these alleged connections. And of course, she didn't get back to us. But earlier today, she was actually sitting next to the delusional E. Jean Carroll on television and was sitting there saying they were saying that she'd do anything, Carroll would say, anything to help Joe Biden get back into the White House in 2024. Hmm. Strange, right? No, 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 no. It's not strange. This is all well calculated. It's all happening because, well, they hate President Trump, but it doesn't end there, folks. Let's talk about another situation that popped up last couple of weeks. Let's talk about New York Attorney General Tish James. Tish James. Yes, you might remember her. The woman who literally ran for office with the promise that she would go after President Trump. Well, she's sticking to her word these days. And according to the White House logs, she's actually visited the White House on several occasions. We have the proof. This is what was posted online. As you can see, she personally met with members of the White House three times on three separate occasions. You see it right there on your screen. Everything's well mapped out. And again, she's leading a civil lawsuit against President Trump as well. Doesn't end there, folks. No, 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 it doesn't. Special prosecutor in Fulton County, Nathan Wade. You might remember him. He's the one who's married, legally married, but he's actually allegedly sleeping with Fulton County District Attorney, Fanny Willis. Okay. So it's this weird little. We won't even get into the words, probably kids in the room, but ultimately, Fannie Willis hired her alleged boyfriends to specially pro- special prosecute President Donald Trump and his co-defendants. Well, There's a linkage to the White House, of course, in all of this, and we'll show you. Oh, look, he's he's billing Georgia taxpayers to meet with members of the White House Council. Now, why the heck would the White House Council be interested in meeting with a special prosecutor in Fulton County? Sounds strange, right? Well, it shouldn't. Like I said before, this is all a well-calculated political hit job, and it doesn't end there, folks last week thanks to julie kelly we got audio of a court hearing involving uh doj official former doj official jeff clark jeff clark is one of the co-defendants listed in these criminal matters that are pending in fulton county now you might remember from my reporting back in september this right here is a brochure that jeff clark received now jeff clark wasn't the only defendant to receive this but he did receive this brochure and ultimately if you're looking you see that guy on your right hand side that one in the blue suit is Nathan Wade. So Nathan Wade is actually promoting his defense skills, his ability to defend these co-defendants while he's actually prosecuting them as well as the special prosecutor in this case. It doesn't stop there though, folks. There's another linkage. We're going to we're going to play the audio that I described earlier that was released by Julie Kelly on Twitter and it was quite interesting because ultimately Jeff's legal team apparently found some connection to the White House sending letters. Let's take a listen.
2: Is there something actually in writing that shows communications between the office and the White House counsel? Uh, we did get a letter from the White House counsel's office.
3: All right. It so just
2: some procedures as stated before. All right. Um, so it's just that you're saying the sole written communication, whether by text whether by email, whether by written correspondence, solely consists of one written letter.
3: Written letter, well, there's two written letter genres. Um, about procedures, about how we interviewed, whether it was a two-type process with former or current White House officials.
0: Did you hear that, folks? Well, of course, the White House is reaching out to the special prosecutor and everybody else involved in Fallen County. Now, what do they say? Hmm, we might know shortly. I can only imagine that possibly, possibly, and this is just allegations, this isn't anything that I have confirmed, but possibly somebody else might have gotten their hands caught up on those letters. But ultimately, it's all going to come to the surface because the truth always finds its way to the surface. But listen, ultimately, the Biden administration is literally leading several different matters, criminal matters, civil matters against the former president. We've never seen a well-orchestrated hit job like this before. And it's quite disturbing, but it's going to continue to happen because mostly the members of the corporate media, they're covering for all of them. They're not reporting on all of this. These connections to all of these criminal and civil cases, they refuse to discuss it. Now, ultimately, that's just some of the, the connections that are taking place right now. Ultimately, there's significantly more and it's going to come out in the next cu- couple of days. So once again, guys, this is the type of thing that you need to share with your loved one, share with your family members, and show them the connections that are taking place right now against President Donald Trump. The Biden administration is doing everything possible to interfere in our democracy. When they tell you they're defending democracy, you should be scared as hell. Because ultimately, when they say they're defending democracy, they're doing the exact opposite of that.
2: Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back.
1: Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free.
2: You're sleeping even better. And cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com
0: You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan, put in place to make sure I was secure, and he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's KirkElliottPhD.com slash Brianna.
4: journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire DC bureau in an election year. They laid off pretty much all of their sports teams. They killed their entire tech and business section. They laid off breaking news writers, social media editors, the list goes on. But what's really dark is this is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry. In fact, tens of thousands of journalists have been laid off in the past year. Major media companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people. And oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Pretty much the entire digital media ecosystem that myself and a lot of other millennial journalists came up in has been completely hollowed out. And it's not just digital media sites. Local news has been obliterated. The newspaper industry is cratering. Radio is essentially dead aside from NPR, which has been gutted. Meanwhile, hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue to the New Yorker to Vanity Fair are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. Even mainstream national media outlets owned by billionaires, like the Washington Post where I work and the Atlantic where I used to work, have done layoffs. If you're a young journalist today, there's almost no on-ramp to traditional journalism. Even if you do get a job, journalists' salaries have been stagnant and even declined. And by the way, we don't make that much to begin with. I don't think people understand how bad the world would be without journalists. Well, listen, that's a risk
0: I'm willing to take, get rid of all these legacy legacy media hacks. I'm on board with all of this. That was Taylor Lorenz. Many of you know her as the Washington Post bully. She goes around and beats up on conservatives and talks people, and she's just a horrible person all around. And so today we're celebrating the death of the legacy media. And so while Taylor is sitting there and she's horrified and upset We are pretty excited about this. Independent journalism will thrive, of course, but let's take a look at what she's talking about. This is actually a photo from the LA Times newsroom. As you see, it's quite empty, thankfully. And it's not just the LA Times, by the way, guys. If we go over to Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated actually learned a very hard lesson. They're practically extinct now, and it's all because they decided to put a biological, too, actually, biological men on the cover of a magazine And now what happens? Well, everything that goes woke goes broke. And that is what's happening with Sports Illustrated. So today we are celebrating the death of Legacy Media and rightfully so. And I wanna bring in somebody to join us in this celebration. Let's bring in Kane, the founder of Citizen Free Press. Kane, thanks for jumping on with me today. I really appreciate it.
3: Happy to be here, Brianna. You know, I could have listened to Taylor cry probably for a full five minute intro. That was fantastic.
0: It was fantastic. Normally we don't do sound bites that long, but that was like the exclusive. I'm like, okay, 90 seconds. We'll we'll let it go out for a little bit. Listen, I think it's a great thing that the legacy media is crying like she is. Honestly, they've never done an honest job at reporting. They sat here and they haven't asked the questions that real journalists should be asking. But independent journalism is thriving right now, right, Kane? Like, your outlet's doing so well right now at publishing all these great quality stories. I know, you know, me on the other side of it, too, after I left Fox Corp, my career has skyrocketed. So what do you think the real letdown and all this is going to be now that the legacy media is kind of shuttering its doors on a lot of these corporate media hacks?
3: Well, I think there are new businesses that are getting started this week on mass classes for coding and coding specifically (laughs) for journalists. You know, Seeing your smile on that, do you remember, this is going back about a year before Elon took over uh, Twitter, but do you remember when people were banned for saying learn to code?
0: Yeah, yes, it I do. This,
3: yeah, it was. I mean, that's. Think about it. That's how far things had fallen. You literally couldn't tell a joke because there were several. There were several independent media people who were either suspended or had their accounts completely canceled. And and it sort of that was the Taylor Lorenz thing that that you know she cried and 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 was upset that um that that the right that all of us on the right are celebrating. And here's you know here's what it really boils down to. Since ninety-five percent of the media is essentially legacy media or regime media or mainstream media, whatever you want to call it, this you know these are sort of Democrat-aligned media sources. They will they will occasionally go against the grain, but for the most part, they're going to be aligned with the regime. And so, why wouldn't be why wouldn't we be thrilled? I mean, this is we don't get any help, right? Not only do not do conservative media sources not get any help in terms of social media right for for the most part Facebook has banned sharing and and now they don't even really do news very much but they banned sharing because conservative stories were gaining too much traction so we've and and so it's and it's not only social media that didn't allow sharing but we all had trouble trouble with advertising there are you know we're all sort of the groups are well known media matters and David Brock and others that have have sort of arisen in the past five years to cancel conservative outlets for simply publishing news so i think given all of that back has, back history that we all deserve to um be able to enjoy weeks like this and it's it's an absolute media bloodbath if you've been seeing drudge his headlines have include death spiral bloodbath nightmare there's no way out like it's it's fantastic reading
0: yeah, it is. It is. I mean, like people like Taylor Lorenz, she has not been nice to those on the independent side of things. And ultimately, I think it takes more guts to be an independent journalist than to be a corporate media journalist, because ultimately you're you're literally selling yourself. You are your only, Uh, I guess, like sign of credibility. Like if you fail as a journalist, as an independent journalist, and you lose the audience's credibility, you will completely fail at this. There's no backup plan. And the Washington Post has right, failed right. multiple times to yeah, to falsely report on news, and ultimately they still have jobs. They still have their Washington Post credentials to get into exclusive events. There's really no downside for them. So when she sits here and, and, and she's crying, I, I don't feel any empathy for her. She personally has bullied several independent journalists on the conservative side, and, and mm-hmm. so I – really love this. Now Kane, mm-hmm. how do we move forward in the independent journalism world? How do we kind of figure out our footing in all of this and how do we kind of fill in these gaps now that the corporate media world is kind of leaving open for us to take
3: over? Yeah, well, you know, we're sort of in in many ways, you know, independent media, pardon me, I had a little a little microphone problem there, but independent media, yeah, independent media, we're we're sort of like Guerrilla soldiers is 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 a metaphor I would use, right? We've always had to survive on our own without much financing. We've had to develop crowdsourcing techniques, asking our readers for funding, for example. That's how CFP, you know, one of the things for your listeners that don't know about Citizen Free Press, I essentially publish headlines from about nine in the morning until about three in the morning at night. So there's 150 headlines every day, and the newest ones. Are always at the top, so you don't have to sort of go searching. And my site doesn't have any advertisements, so how has it survived? I've done annual fund drives, so my readers have essentially funded funded the operation. Um, now we've been really lucky when you know Drudge kind of turned against the grain in early 2017, and that happened to be right when I began. Mm-hmm. So I I sort of lucked out, but the you know the. I think you know people in conservative media could take heart and could feel good about the fact that so many sites are succeeding. Um, in in our case, we've been very very lucky, and we do a you know we do ridiculous traffic. We do thirteen or fourteen million page views every single day, and every month we have about six million unique visitors. And what that means is that's two percent of the stated population of the United States. So that means 2% of the country knows about our website comes to the homepage and checks out the headlines. So I think all of these things are, um, are positive signs for conservative media as for a way going forward and a pathway, you know, back to your question, as I said, I think, you know, we're used to, to fighting for scraps and, and learning how to, you know, get our views out there without help and without big funding. So, I'm hoping that the likes of Rumble and Peter Thiel and uh, and Vivek, you know, his Vivek sort of has a, a an angel investing uh, venture capital firm. And I'm sort of, you know, I'm hoping that the people with money in conservative media continue to sort of spread it around. And, and because I think the talent is there. I mean, look at your show. I think your show could fit immediately right into the, you know, into the lineup at Fox News or at Newsmax. And I know that's, those are uh, bad words, uh, you know, given I former your employers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> your former you. employers.
3: But the point is you're doing this, you're doing amazing work out of your apartment after having, you know, had four or five years experience in the industry. You're doing amazing journalism, a, a top notch show on a very low budget, and mm-hmm. you know, and the, the production quality is very high. It's impressive. It's impressive. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, it's it's very easy, and I'll bring this up because we're gonna talk about it tomorrow. It's very easy to do good journalism, right? So ultimately, I fill these things out all the time. So this is a FOIA request. This is a spo- response that I got from the FBI. And this is what I do all the time, right? It's super easy to do real journalism to, to, to find actual stories. This one's about the the man in Utah who was shot and killed by the FBI. Now I have requested multiple times from the FBI, their body cam footage. Now, ultimately, and I'm also requesting from local PD. Now, ultimately I know like FBI doesn't actually wear their SWAT team doesn't wear body cams, but I want them to admit it because they don't want to admit that their agents don't wear it. So Right. The reason why I'm saying this is because all of these, these corporate media journalists, they would never do something this, this, mm. uh, real. I mean, this is like, this is, this is straight up like, this is gonna take off some, top people, the FBI that I keep asking that I'm potentially going to file a lawsuit against them. And that bothers them so much. The corporate media world, they won't touch that. They won't even try yeah. to, to ruffle up a little bit of feathers over at the Bureau. And so that's the difference, right? Difference. Independent journalism, there's no one that's going to hold, that's going to be over my head telling me what I have to say, what I have to do. And I've been in the corporate media world before. Uh, we, you know, we mentioned to my former employers, I also worked in local news and I'll get to that in a second too. But, uh, There's nobody who's calling me on an editorial call telling me what to say. And Kane, you've sat in for those calls as well. They're literally, and you could describe it if you'd like, they're literally calls that tell you what the spin of the day is and how the anchors need to kind of, and the producers need to kind of angle all their stories, right? Kane, you're familiar with these discussions on editorial calls, that's correct?
3: Yeah, I I am familiar. Uh, you know, my background with CNN before I got into finance and then before before I got into journalism was with I was with the Lou Dobbs show. So it was money stuff. So there we weren't really worried about upsetting people, but absolutely I'm familiar. You know, there are certain there are certain lines you can't cross. There's a story that was on Drudge yesterday about the what led that their editor in chief to leave and it turns out it was the publisher who is a who is a billionaire, a former physician, and that publisher had another physician friend, and LA Times was going to publish an article about a dog bite involving that billionaire, and and Patrick, I, I forget his last name, but the the owner of the LA Times sort of interceded and 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 didn't want the LA Times to publish the story so it wouldn't embarrass his friends. So that's a small example. Of how, yes, absolutely, the powers that be. When you're an independent journalist and you aren't, you you aren't subject to the whims of advertisers and 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 you know big money calling you as soon as you get off the air. When you aren't subject to that, you can chase down leads. You can cover stories like January sixth. Um, You you can cover topics that are completely ignored for all kinds of reasons by the mainstream media. And it's and it's why I said in that, you know, in that previous my previous response that we have to have money coming into this sector. You know, listeners and readers have to be willing to support have to be willing to support independent journalism. And then we need the rich guys. We need Peter Thiel. We need Rumble. We need we need the rich groups to sort of spread money around and uh, and help conservative journalism succeed.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that front. It's it's crazy what you see in the newsroom and you see what happens behind the scenes. And I think I think most of our audience is quite well aware of that at this point because they are turning to independent journalism. But like I don't I and I know you're not fearful either. Like I'm not fearful of, of my job ever kind of diminishing because we are always in need. Journalism is always gonna be in need. It's just what kind of journalism you're willing to do which is kind of going to shift things around a little bit. Um, I'll give you a good story, too. So I worked in local news. I worked at two local news stations, too, before I went back to Fox. So one was in West Palm Beach, one was in Tampa. And one of the newsrooms, uh, right before we did our afternoon broadcast, this was right before COVID even started happening, before we even had a confirmed case here in the United States, one of the anchors was like coming to the, the uh, studio. I want to show you guys like what I want, and he was doing all these dramatic turns and all these dramatic things, and was like, "Then we had to dim the lights on this corner because I'm gonna." And then ultimately, after he finished mapping out what he wanted us to do and how to follow him around the studio with the cameras, he said, "I want to scare the shit out of everyone tonight," <laughs> and we knew nothing about the COVID virus, and I'm just like sitting there like, "What the heck is this guy talking about?" and then you know fast forward all of these people took in money all these not people these networks took in money from the biden regime to promote the jabs and all these other things so it's just quite interesting about how everyone's kind of fallen in line you don't really see that with independent journalism uh, i could speak for myself there's no there's no COVID money pouring in for me to push any vaccine onto you guys and i don't think i'd yeah. ever take it i don't think i know i would never take it uh but ultimately yeah, it's, it's quite concerning. I know our jobs are quite secure. So I just chuckle at all these people as they sit here and run in circles and panic. Because Kane, yeah. for people like you and me, this is a time to celebrate. This gives us more credibility, a, a larger audience, because there's more of a desire for the truth. And so I know you and I are both thankful for that. And we're thankful for everything that you do as well at Citizen Free Press. You guys got to head over to his website. It's amazing. You find every interesting story, unique story, and you seem to always put it up on your page before anyone else. And so if you're looking for the news in a hurry, this is the best website to turn to. It's citizenfreepress.com. Kane, thanks for jumping on with us today. We really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, it was a great appearance. Keep up the good work. Your show is fantastic. And um, and we look forward to more uh, more crying episodes from Taylor Lorenz.
0: I do too, I know. We'll get you back on if you see any more crying videos because you and I both have to celebrate them when we see them. Thank you, Kane. After a long day of filming, I've got to somehow take off all this makeup, but make sure that I put the nutrients back into my skin that it desperately needs. So I found this new skincare line. I have to tell you all about it. Givaderm is all natural products. I use it twice a day. I use it in the morning and I also use it before I go to bed. First up, we have this clay cleanser. This is amazing because it takes up all of your makeup and it smells good too. Vitamin C is so important for brightening your skin. I also used to get super bad acne, and so it's helping, um, I guess, kind of like blending my acne scars a little bit so they're not so bright anymore. Here it is, it's the Vitamin C Serum. Just little pumps, and put it on. And then don't forget your neck. Now moving on to step three, that is their Uplift Serum. You don't have to do that much. So many times I have like these high-end products and I'm clogging my pores and you can see it. It's literally always around here and around my nose area. But for some reason, maybe it's just because it's natural and there's not all that garbage chemicals that are into it. It seems to clear it up so well. Step four, it's the bamboo mist. It feels so amazing on your skin. I mean, you could literally name all these products that are in it. Definitely also like a cooling. See? And then this one, it's called Nourish. It's like this amazing cream, super light. You don't need that much of it. And always make sure you get under the eye area, not in your eyes. Give a Derm has done miracles for my skin. I highly recommend it to everyone, men and women, because guess what happens if you don't take care of your skin? It looks like you're aging quicker than what you really are aging. Natural products, all made in the USA. They don't support any of the garbage that comes out of China. It's not gonna be found in your products. I promise you that. You have to get this product. Click down the link below. Give a Derm is the product name and the promo code for 10% off right now is Brianna.
2: Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free.
0: Tragic news over the weekend three Marines were killed in a drone attack in Jordan. Now, before we get to the details as to why this even took place in the first place and why the United States is even in Jordan, we're going to discuss some of the background. So ultimately, the Pentagon is now investigating these three deaths and believe there's over 20 Marines injured, and it all happened in a drone attack, like I said. Now, the Pentagon says it's looking into how their air defense system failed in this situation and how a drone, which they believe was from the Iranian government made its way on to their base. Now, ultimately, there are reports, according to the Associated Press, that it's believed that the Marines, they believe that that was actually their drone, that they didn't think it was an Iranian drone and they didn't know what it was. And so that's possibly why this all tragically took place. But ultimately, it's heartbreaking news. And many Americans are scratching their head wondering why we are in Jordan right now. President Joe Biden came out with this statement earlier today, and he's ultimately saying that he's going to do whatever it takes in response to these attacks. Now, folks, yet again, we have been hearing for weeks now that the Biden administration has been leading several airstrikes in different countries. And most of us have been scratching our head wondering why we're even doing this in the first place. And yet, well, we still don't know. Members of Congress aren't getting answers. They haven't authorized anything in Congress as well. And so these airstrikes are literally taking place without any actual answers or legitimacy behind them. And so as tragic as that is, White House press secretary and DEI hire Corinne Jean-Pierre got on camera today and she just completely embarrassed herself and showed the world her stupidity when she said this. what i will say our deepest uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our he- heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh three
1: three brave uh three brave uh three brave of uh, three folks who are who are military folks who are brave who are always fighting who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people
0: You see what happens when you hire people based on their sexual preference and race? That's what you guys get. You get a moron who sits there and says that these folks, no, they're not folks, they're Marines. they are people who literally died in line of duty and we're gonna find out why soon, but ultimately the Biden administration placed them there and we don't even know if they really should have been there in the first place. And again, these Marines didn't die for the administration, they died for this country to fight for us. So how dare you get up there and say some stupidity like that? That woman is an absolute disgrace. But let's get back to the core of all of this. The warmongers are out and they're trying to justify going to war with Iran. And well, let's take a look at these two tweets. Lindsey Graham again. Hit Iran now. Hit them hard. Senator Cormann look at him. Target I mean, these people are idiots. They're absolute idiots, guys. These people are sitting here and they're telling you to go and start another war. They want to go to war with Iran. Right now, our, our military is beyond weak. This is an incompetency, right? We're not watching these drone attacks and going, oh, this is so strange. How did this take place? Ultimately, we have seen again and again and again, our military and our defense system completely fail. And so while they continue to push for us to go into war with Iran, the reality is the United States of America is not prepared for war. We have sent off all of our weapons right now to countries like Ukraine and Israel. We are not prepared for it in that sense. We're also not prepared because of all these DEI hires, these people they promoted based on their their race, sex, and gender. They don't have the qualifications to fight. They don't have the qualifications to defend URI. And we know this because we continue to see endless mistakes being made by members of this administration. We can talk about the Chinese spy balloon that traveled all across the United States filming and recording and gathering other pieces of intel and giving it back to the CCP because the Biden regime allowed that to happen. We saw the withdrawal from Afghanistan. We saw, sadly, two Navy SEALs lose their lives last weekend as well. And so ultimately this is what we have going on here. We have a regime that continues to fail. They cannot lead this military. They're incapable. They are incompetent and they are continuously making mistakes like the ones that we just saw again this weekend. It's a tragedy. It's heartbreaking. But again, why are we continuing to push Iran to go to war with us? That is the question every American should be asking. Now how will the United States respond to losing these three Marines? Well probably with more violence and that's the heartbreaking part in all of this. Now. Their lives should be honored and the respect should be paid, absolutely. But the reality of it is the United States is not the superpower that we once thought it was. We continue to see it with wars in Afghanistan, wars in Iraq. And ultimately, and I've seen many people on Twitter talking about it, they are infuriated and they're calling for Joe Biden to strike back. But we are not prepared to strike back. We need to think, we need to understand why were we there in the first place? Why did our air defense system fail? These are all logistic quest- legit questions that need to be asked right now, before we sit here and justify going to war with another country in the Middle East. So take a second, breathe, before you say that we need to go to war with Iran and start World War III. And remember, Joe Biden's polling numbers are horrific right now. If you look at it, he's actually polling at 33% according to his latest poll. guys. Now, listen, our economy is in the gutters right now. His polling numbers are in the gutters as well. So what do you do when you're a president looking to get reelected and you're looking to change that? You start World War III, guys. And ultimately, I can't help but to think there's a correlation between all of this. I know many of you are at home right now worried as well, and I am too, but we need to be calm. We need to think. If we've learned anything from Afghanistan and Iraq, it's to never let the government manipulate your emotions into going into a war. And while sleepy Biden just sits around and sits here and tells everyone that we're going to go, we're going to get revenge. We're going to go after these people who caused these this tragic death. We need to think. This man has nothing to lose. He has no kids serving in the military. He doesn't even care that these people have died. He never even went on camera to talk about these these three marines deaths. You have his press secretary referring to them as folks. No, they're marines, not folks. They are men and women potentially who just lost their lives in these attacks. Pay your damn respects. But honestly, listen guys, I don't expect much from this administration. I just want everyone to remember right now they are looking to secure another 4 years in the White House and we need to remember that before we jump to any conclusions here. So calmly with your logic, before you jump back and say, we need to respond, we need to be the global superpower and respond to this, think, are we really prepared to go to World War III right now? I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines the Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now, Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now, take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're gonna waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're gonna waive the activation fee. Just so make sure you use promo code Brianna B-R-E-A-N-N-A. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm gonna say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend Dr. Kirk Elliott because I wanted to come up with a plan, put in place to make sure I was secure, and he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich i've got my silver i'm feeling so much better about my future i highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team 720-605-3900 and you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment it's kirk elliott slash brianna and if you enjoyed that segment make sure you hit that like button And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.